one what are your favourite favorite books at the moment? Tell me the ones you know off by heart. The Gruffalo. Um, oh, the point yeah. where Zoe now can read it to herself. That's how much she's read it. Hello. As you can hear, we're eavesdropping on some new mums. Sorry to interrupt, girls, but this is the lockdown lowdown for Christchurch Winchester. But we'd love to find out how you're getting on with the new babies. My name's Charlotte Slinger and I'm married to Tom and we had Susanna in October 2019. So she is now 15 months old. So Susie's life has been dominated by lockdown. Yeah, so Susie was five months old when we went into the first lockdown. Um, So I guess those very early, hazy, (laughs) difficult few weeks and months um, were in, you know, normal life, as it were. So we had um, lots of support early on, people bringing us meals and helping and you know both sets of parents coming around with the essentials and helping us with all the jobs and things so that was amazing and made a real difference and I've got to say I don't know how people are doing it without that really really early support but as you say when she was about five months old we went into lockdown and so the majority of her life um, she's really only been in this tiny little bubble of um, our immediate family and uh, I suppose there are some very lovely things about that and then obviously there are lots of things that she's missing as well. My name's Jenny Weimark. Uh, I have two children, Zoe who is two and a bit, uh, she was two in October, and Kezia who is five months today. (laughs) Jenny, now your pregnancy in lockdown wasn't straightforward. Tell us more. Obviously, because of lockdown kicking in, James wasn't able to be at any of the scans for Kezia. And the second scan, so the 20-week scan, I'd gone into hospital, uh, obviously, by myself, went in for the scan and um, the lady was doing it and then sort of went, oh, maybe if you could just go for a walk for a minute. And I was a bit like, "Okay." so I went for a walk and came back and they were making me jump around to do all these things. And then after six scans, they basically said, oh, we're we're struggling to, to capture the whole heart to check that everything's okay with the baby. So please go for another long walk and um, come back in 10 minutes time. Uh, So I went out, obviously rang James because I was like, "Ah, they can't find the heart. They don't know what's going on. And you're in a hospital in the middle of a global pandemic. You don't want to go for a walk around the hospital. So I was walking up and down the maternity ward on the phone to James, who, bless him, could do nothing to help with the situation other than to say, "I'm I'm praying. I'm praying that they're going to get the image through okay." And um, it it was incredibly lonely and hard. I mean, thank goodness I could pray because I don't know what people do if they don't pray. And I walked up and down and went back in and they tried about five more times and they couldn't do it. And so they just said, you have to go home. I remember leaving and just feeling horrible and equally dreading the next scan appointment because I knew I was going to have to go back by myself, face this again by myself, went in for the that scan was really nervous. And I said to the lady, like, oh, I just feel very worried about this. And she was, oh, you know, we'll, we'll capture it this time. And then she did the first scan and went, maybe if you could just go for a walk. And I was a bit like, oh, my goodness, like messaging James, like, it's not working again. But thankfully, by the third scan that day, they managed to capture the heart and it was all clear that Kezia was OK. I remember just feeling like this isn't this isn't the dream. This isn't what you expect for a pregnancy anyway. And feeling very alone in it at the same time knowing thank goodness I know that God's with me and everything because I'm not alone 
even though I am alone and yeah finding that balance of of that journey is quite quite a big thing. Charlotte in lockdown so much of the usual support network for new mums has been stripped away where do you go for help? I really like that African proverb about it takes a village to raise a child um, because I like the idea of, you know, having lots of different influences and input for your child for kind of like a, you know, a rich and full life. And I suppose, unfortunately, at the moment, we are all literally in single households instead of being able to really interact with that village and wider community, you know. So that is hard because there is only a very limited amount of support that you can receive although obviously we have been able to go online like everything else and have whatsapp groups and facebook groups and phone calls and whatever else but it is not the same as being together in person and it's not the same as really being able to share the highs and lows um yeah i do feel like it's quite a reduced experience i suppose of parenthood because you're really just doing it the two of you (laughs) support's a funny thing isn't it because i think you have your ideals that you would normally expect and then you have a what's the best that can happen in lockdown and for us one of the one of the big blessings was uh, um because kezia came at the beginning of september we were everyone was in that weird transition of what can and can't happen my mum was able to come and stay to have Zoe. Then the, the meal train from the church kicked off and that was an absolute dream because we had meals turn up a few days a week. Then going in and out of lockdown since, it's just, it's just meant that you can't get the same support. Kezia being my second child, I think in some ways makes it easier. But knowing the support I had with Zoe, this has been a completely different journey. We've had no health visitor meetings. Kezia hasn't been weighed since a few weeks old. Um, so I assume everything's fine, but you you don't get the same hands-on support and the same clinics and the same groups and stuff that you would have got otherwise. And what about the nights? They can be so very long. Well, I think every for us, every night's different. Last night, I feel like my children tag-teamed me and um, every hour, one of them woke up. But a couple of nights ago, they both slept for about six hours. Charlotte's gaping it. <laughs> Are you listening to this, Susie? <laughs> Susie sleeps like a dream, doesn't she, Charlotte? Oh, in between waking, yeah. <laughs> How many times a night does Susie wake up? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to embarrass her by answering that question. <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. The nights are really, really hard. And you're right, Claire, at the very beginning, it's such a shock to the system. You know, having been used to your solid seven or eight hours, it's... Um, it is, it is really challenging. And those are the moments where I feel absolutely desperate. It brings you to the end of yourself. But I think that's where, as Christians, you know, we can cry out to God. And he knows. <laughs> he's, he's, he's awake at 4am. Um, and he hears us, hears our prayers still. And I like the verse about his mercies are new every morning. Because <laughs> I need a little bit more mercy uh, after, after a hard night. But what I'd started to do in the middle of the night, I'd started to, you know, sing Amazing Grace. I reckon I've sung Amazing Grace maybe like, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, probably 2,000 times over the last 15 months. And, you know, saying the Lord's Prayer. I say the Lord's Prayer a lot on repeat because when you can't think of anything else, those familiar words are actually really comforting and really easy to fall back on. So I found those things really um yeah, a help, I suppose. And also the knowledge that God is a very forgiving God. <laughs> and finally, I wonder, what do you pray for your children? 
I think there's different types of prayers that you pray for your children. There's the panic prayers where you're like, please, God, just let them go to sleep. Please let them feed quickly. Please let them be calm. Please get them to stop crying. Um, and there's those kind of prayers. And then I think with the pandemic, I think there's a sorrow prayer as well. So it's almost praying that, that the pandemic won't, won't have robbed them, um, but that actually they'll be able to find memories and that even though you don't remember the first few years of your life, that actually it will be foundational in for good things into their lives and, and believing for that, believing that God's going to protect these children. And then I think there's there's bigger prayers that I pray for them. Um, I, I pray that they come to know Jesus for themselves from a young age. For me, you know, I, th- I think you go on a faith journey where you you come back to Jesus again and again. And that, that was mine and James's experience of growing up in, in Christian houses. But I, I always pray, as, as a youth worker, I pray that children and young people that I work with would know and experience more of God than I ever did. I, I think you're absolutely right that there's a, there's a total mixture of the kinds of prayers in lockdown. I love the series that we did at church about the Psalms and, you know, the Psalms of lament as well as the Psalms of praise and joy. I think, you know, we've got cause for both of those. <laughs> I think there are so many like fundamental truths that don't change though you know being able to pray um for the grace of god for salvation for goodness and mercy to follow her all the days of her life the verses that are really like deeply rooted in our hearts the ones that you remember even when you've forgotten everything else (laughs) um those are the ones that i pray and um I, I do. I am really looking forward to getting back to church. I think now that Susie's really, um, you know, up and about and responsive, I think she's going to love being in church and hearing the music and being around other people. And, you know, I do pray that we will get back to that, because I think even though, of course, we can all feed our own faith, you know, alone at home, we are definitely missing out on being together and um, you know, worshipping together and praying together. So. I hope that our children will experience that. Thank you for listening to Christchurch Winchester's Lockdown Lowdown and special thanks to Susie, Kezia, Zoe and of course mums Charlotte and Jenny. It's Kezia. Should we sing Wind the Bobbin up? Does Susie know Wind the Bobbin? Well done, Zoe.